Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I'm Pastor John. The ministry of Headed Home is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find and answer the tough questions and remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. Do that again. <laughs> All right, well, Okay, check, 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 check. And here we go, here we go. Pull that down. Again. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's more. <coughs> All right, try this again. How about that? Little bit. All righty. Well, like I said, we're here to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, and we're going to give him all the glory this morning, no matter what. Uh, we are still uh, in our Advent. Uh, today is the big day, the big one. Uh, we've been celebrating hope, peace, joy, and love. Well, now we get to the Christ candle, so I'm going to go ahead and light this before I forget to do that. Uh Well, why, why, why would it? Why would that work? This is not going to happen. Anybody else got a lighter? Because this one's about to go out. Yeah, I'm going to burn my finger. Y'all going to hear me scream in a minute? All right. All right, we did it. Hey, something worked out, didn't it? <coughs> Give God the glory, that's for sure. So, it has been one of those mornings which we knew it would be. This is uh, Christmas Eve, and like I said, this is, we're here to celebrate the reason for the season. And uh, we're going to do that this morning, no matter what. Uh, we're we're going to get through this. But uh, like I said, we are continuing on with our Advent series, and uh, Jonathan has been through hope and joy and love. I think I covered peace when he got sick a few weeks ago, and uh, he's with his family on vacation. So I'm going to uh, cover the Christ uh, candle, and we're going to talk about our Lord and Savior this morning. Uh, to be honest with you, this is a little bit different of a message, and uh, this is one that I actually spoke about several, several years ago, and uh, God just kind of brought it back to me just because of everything going on in the world, and uh, it just really seemed pertinent to what we were, uh, what we're going through today, and I, I wanted to, uh, to put this back out there. Uh, I think this is what God wants me to talk about today. Um, this is about God's redemption plan. 
and uh, his redemption plan for his lost people, that is. Now, it all started through uh, Abraham, through the faith that he showed, his uh, unwavering faith that he had, his obedience as well, and, uh, you know, it went all the way to, to Christ being born to Mary in a manger, and uh, we're going to keep talking about that. Uh, the title of the scripture, is, or the title of the message today, actually came from a song that Linda Huffman used to sing several years ago. She doesn't go here anymore. Uh, but the title of the song was A Baby Changes Everything. And a real powerful song, and that really spoke to me in how God started his redemption plan, uh, or he finished his redemption plan, I'm sorry, through Christ who was born a child uh, to Mary and Joseph. Um, our scripture today is going to be Genesis 6, uh, 5 through 7. And like I said, it's going to be a little uh, unorthodox, but bear with me. I think we can get through this. Uh, what I want to ask you right off the bat is, does God have regrets? And I know that sounds odd, but yes, he does. Uh, many times throughout the Bible, God expresses that he has regrets for something he has done or was going to do. In 1 Samuel 15, verse 11, and again in verse 35, God regretted making Saul king. Uh, now, we know Saul brought this on himself, but yet it's still kind of, you know, weird that God regretted making him king. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a struggle for me when I hear that God has regrets because, you know, we think of God... He is a sovereign God. He is the true God. And, you know, he's all-knowing, but we, we were like, okay, did he not know that Saul was going to fail him? Yes, he did, but he still made him king, and he still has regrets for making him king, but nothing caught him by surprise, uh, and that's kind of the one thing that we need to really uh, remember. Let's go ahead and stand, and we'll sing, or we'll sing, we'll read our scripture, uh, Genesis 6, verse 5 through 7. And we will get into this. Okay, it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us through your word, and we know all about uh, your love for us through your word as well, Father. Uh, we know that uh, we have failed you in so many ways, but we pray that through your power, your strength, that we can live a life that would honor and glorify you in all that we do. Father, help us to spread your word to those around us that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is the way of salvation. And it's these things we ask in his name. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> Excuse me. And that line jumped out at me uh, right off the bat and his heart was deeply troubled. Uh, the thing we so easily forget is our God actually has an emotional side. And I know that sounds weird, but, you know, he does. All we focus on is that he is the creator, the Lord, 
uh, the one true being, but he is deeper and more complex than we can ever fathom. We cannot. So, uh, you know, it says that his heart was deeply troubled. You know, if you think about it, these are his creations. We make choices, and those choices have consequences. They have eternal consequences. And that's the thing that deeply troubles God. You know, you think about it like this in human forms. You know, you, you get married, and out of the love you have for each other, you bring a child into this world. Well, that child, you know, turns up against you as it grows up and rebels against you. You know, in spite of everything that you do for that child, everything that you try to do good for it, everything that you, you know, you're praying for it and all this, that, and other, that child still rebels against you. You know, and because of that rebellion, when that child dies, it's eternally separated from God. You know, it, it knows no God, no hope, no joy, no peace, and especially no love. Now, would we turn to God and say, you know, God, I would rather that child had never been born? Or are we going to be thankful that God gave us that child and the time with that child and gave that child a chance to make a choice? You know, that is the part that God lives with every day. And that's why his heart is deeply troubled, because he knows no matter what he does, some of us, a lot of us, are going to choose to just rebel and, and reject him. And we know what that's going to you know, mean. It's going to mean an eternal separation from him and all that is good. The emotional side of God, um, you know, the, the, the thing that we use all the time is we call God God or, or uh, Lord, but he's a father, you know, and, and like a father, you know, Jesus came from the emotional side of God, and because of that emotional side, he gave Jesus Christ over for us to beat him, torture him, put him on a cross, so that he could pay for our sins, and that's the love he has for us, and that's why it says his heart was deeply troubled. You know, Paul, he understood the heart of God. He, he got it. And if we look in Romans 9, verses 1 through 5, Paul says this. He says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption, the sonship, theirs is the divine glory, the covenant and receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promise. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. Here's Paul saying that he wishes that he could take the place of those people that are rejecting Christ. He, his heart was breaking so much for his own people, the Israelites, that he would rather take their place and see them choose to be eternally separated from God. And that, that right there is the heart of Christ. That is, that's what we're supposed to have is the heart of Christ. There was a, a, a movie, and you guys know I'm a big movie buff, and this was back in the uh, 2000s, I think, from around 2006. It, the movie was called The Guardian. And in this movie, there were two main characters. 
One was an old timer who was the greatest of all time. He held all the records and he was the, the one that everybody knew had saved the most people, this, that, and the other. And the other was this young hotshot kid that had just come into the Coast Guard and he wanted to be, he was a great swimmer, uh, he wanted to be the best. And so he wanted to know what he had to do to beat this old timer. So he kept nagging at him, you know, what's your number? What's your number? You know, what, how many have you saved? This, that, and the other. And he kept on and he kept on. And finally, the old timer looked at him and said, 22. And the kid looked at him and he said, well, that's not what I thought, but that's still pretty good, 22 saves. And the old timer looked at him and he said, no, those are the ones I lost. Those are the ones that stick with you. Those are the ones I couldn't save. And so he was a little befuzzled with that, but he kind of got it that, you know, the ones that he, he failed and couldn't save stuck with him way more than the hundreds that he did save or was able to save. You know, it says in the Bible that, you know, they rejoice, you know, the shepherd will leave the 99 to go find the one, you know, to try to save it because it's just as important as the 99. And that's, that's the heart of Christ. So to know the heart of God and to understand how God can be regretful for making man yet send his only son to save those he can is to know they matter. And they might reject him, and they might reap judgment on themselves, but they are his creation. And that's why his heart is deeply troubled. You know, if we read verse 5 again, It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. It definitely sounds like today, doesn't it? I mean, people are inventing new ways to be evil. And it's just, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. And all of that is because we are continually trying to separate ourselves from God. And when we do that, evil abounds more, and we can't have that. But, you know, today we focus on the Christ candle and what he represents. A baby born in a manger that grew up to bear the sins on the cross, and now more than ever we have to be in tune with the heart of God. We have to tell, we have to share, we have to love those and, uh, that are blind to their sins. You know, uh, I've, you know, lost people are going to act like lost people. I think that came from, from Jackie, you know, uh, or whatever said that. People going to do what people going to do. And that is more true than ever is that lost people, we can't hold them to the same standard that we hold ourselves to because they don't have Christ. They don't have the Holy Spirit living inside them. So we have to have a little compassion for them because when we were lost, we acted the same way. Just maybe not in the same ways they are as far as being evil, but we were still lost. We were still condemned to be separated from God. So, uh, you know, we have to share these things with people. You know, Matthew seven thirteen talks about broad is the way, you know. How many will be lost forever because they're going to take the easy path? You know, but he tells us in 14 that small is the way and few will find it. You know, we need to count our blessings that 
Jesus called us through the Holy Spirit and we answered that call to be saved. But how many are going to take that wide gate, that broad way, and end up eternally separated? And that's why his heart was deeply troubled. You know, a baby changes everything, and that baby changed everything. You know, so, uh, because now the problem is, is man is without excuse. You know, we will all stand before God, and we will answer for what we do in this body, whether we like it or not. And we see people getting away with evil things each and every day. They're not going to get away with it. They will stand before God and they will answer for what they do. They might not answer for it in this lifetime, but they will answer for it in the eternal lifetime. So we need to have compassion even on them as hard as it is because they are still God's creation. And that's why his heart was deeply troubled. You know... Uh, God doesn't send people down that broad path. He still gives us a choice. Just like if we bring a child into this world, that child still has a choice to reject us or to listen to us. It's the same thing. You know, like I said, I really struggle with this message because I believe God has allowed me to feel a tiny bit uh, with how he hurts and how he feels about his creation. We see evil abounding each and every day around us, and we see things, you know, we have more contact through social media, through, uh, you know, TV. We see things that are happening around the world in real time, and we, you know, we can, we can feel that pain instantaneously, and something that stuck out to me is several years ago, there was a family in Florida that a small toddler and this breaks my heart, I, I might choose. <clears throat> they were on vacation in Florida, a small boy wandered down to the water. Lo and behold, an alligator came up and snatched that young boy and took him off forever. And the horror that that family must have gone through to see their young child disappear in an instant breaks my heart even to this day. I, I don't know how they lived with it. And, you know, it, the thing that gets me is God lives that nightmare each and every day. How many people die? How many people will die today? And how many of them have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? How many of them have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Every knee will bow, but every knee will make their own decision, too. If they have rejected him, God will have to stand there and watch them being dragged into hell for all of eternity separated from him, and there's nothing he can do about it. Because if he did, then he would cease to be God. And that right there is to know the heart of God. And that's why his heart is deeply troubled. God could choose to save each and every one of us and save the headache of him having to watch people uh, being dragged off to hell for all eternity, but that would go against everything he is. So all he can do is watch. And you know, it says, for God so loved the world, he gave. You know, we are without excuse. God gave us his son to put on a cross to be that propitiation, that payment that we couldn't pay. That is the love and compassion of, of God. He gave us his son. If we look at Abraham, Jonathan talked about it a few weeks ago. Abraham, God called Abraham to go sacrifice Isaac. 
And what did he do? He bound the boy up, put him on the altar, and was about to sacrifice him when God stopped him. He wanted to see if Abraham would hold anything back from him. Abraham didn't. He showed him that his faith and his obedience was 100%. Guess what? That was the precursor. God did the exact same thing, but God followed through with it. He held nothing back. He gave us his son, and he did sacrifice him. All because of his creation. You know, it's uh, it, it just breaks my heart that God goes through this trouble, and Jesus went through the pain to see people reject him and walk away from him, thinking that they're going to be okay. We know better. They're not. We know what's going to happen to them. He came into this world in that manger for a purpose and for a reason, and that was to save those that would choose to accept him. And uh, it says, for, for it's God's will that none should perish, but all come to repentance. You know, it, that's what blows my mind. Is people say, well, why would God send this person to hell? He doesn't. He makes that choice. He has done everything in his power to give you that lifeboat, to give you that rope, to get you, to snatch you out of the fire. But if you don't grab it, it's nobody's fault but your own. You know, Christmas is about love, and it all centers around Christ. You know, we wouldn't know one without the other. Christ is God's love, Christmas, I'm sorry, is God's love story for the only way to mend a broken relationship between a father and his children. If he created all of us, then we are his children, the good and the bad. So it just uh, it just means that some of us will spend eternity in different places. The definition of advent means the arrival of a notable person. Israel had been waiting a long time for the Messiah. It just wasn't uh, how they thought it should be, and it was sad that they missed it. They totally missed it, and they're still missing it to this day, but God has a plan for that. For the ones that did see it, they found a whole new world on that narrow path that leads to life. I hope we have learned through this that, uh, first of all, we have to wait on God's call. Abraham did nothing before God's call. The disciples did nothing before God's call. We have to choose to seek after him like the Magi. We have to live in the awe and the wonder of God like the shepherds did the night when he had the glory of himself shining all around him. And we have to rejoice that he is a merciful and just God who took what Adam and Eve messed up in the garden and sent his one and only son to save us. It's our choice, it's our duty as a Christian to connect with the heart of God. And if his heart is deeply troubled, then ours needs to be deeply troubled as well. Um, we can't just go through the motions, and we have to make sure that we are long-suffering like he is. Um, you know, heard several times people say, Father, break my heart for those things that break yours. You know, we need to be that connected that when God's heart is hurting, our heart needs to be hurting because that's how things get done. Abraham was all about faith and obedience. We need to be all about faith and obedience. But I'm bringing you back to the Christ channel, and I'm going to wrap it up, and we'll uh, close. I know people have family stuff to do today. But Christ was born in a manger, a lowly manger. 
He didn't come with trumpets and fanfare. He came with just animals around him. He come in as humble as a person could come because he was the lamb. He was to be the sacrifice that he came then. When he comes the second time, it's going to be with trumpets and mock. And we need to make sure that from now until then, we have the heart of Christ, we have the heart of God, and we need to be about spreading the gospel to all who will listen. And for that, that's where I'm going to leave you guys. Let's close with a word of prayer, and then we'll have a, uh, we'll open the altar. Father, we just thank you for this day in which we, uh, on this eve, we are set to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We know he wasn't born on December 25th, Father, but we celebrate it, uh, that you allowed him to come into this world. You held nothing back, and you allowed him to pay that price for us, Father. We just pray that our hearts would break for the things that break yours, and we know everybody uh, around us is not uh, believing you, does not, uh, uh, they're not saved, Father. We just pray that you could just help us to just see those people and just keep pouring compassion and love on them that they might at least see you through us and that you might speak with them and call them, Father. Help us to live a life that would honor and glorify you and point people to you in all that we do. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys will... Thank you for listening to Headed Home with Pastor John. If you'd like to know more about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit our website at longviewbaptistchurch.org and click our contact link. Thank you for joining us.